0: show is the best place to talk about lovers, so the couch is where we go. You and your
1: friends at the table listening, laughing fast and then talking slow.
0: And you come over and share it to all your family and friends and trust me, we'll make it good. Press the play, stop, just enjoy it and laugh and... Welcome to In Football Terms. Hello and welcome back to In Football Terms. We're now just um, over a month into the podcast. And we're coming back to transfers, which was a topic that we've somewhat avoided uh, the last few weeks, partly because of lack of activity. Um, But we're back on it, and we're today just giving some insight into the latest transfer that our game has seen, which is Guilfrey Sigurdsson to West Ham.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for this one, because as we just said, we've really been avoiding why this podcast actually started. We've been waffling on about some random... uh, global matters outside of football recently and now we're actually back to the the world of transfers so I'm really quite keen for this but yeah so Guilfi to West Ham
0: tell me your thoughts well look I like the transfer but let's start with West Ham um we know that they're a club that is very close uh with Nottingham Forest and Tottenham in particular which which of the viewers will know from past episodes um I think it's a pretty clear assumption that Nottingham Forest and Tottenham would have aided West Ham throughout these negotiations, whether it just be in an advisory role or or even a scouting role. But I think how we saw this transfer really start, and you can possibly give some more insight into this, is probably a push from the player. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, I think, I think there was a there was a a push for uh, from the player, but. I think it was the player initially that kind of saw this as a potential. I don't know whether West Ham really initially saw this as anything because I can understand that, you know, it it uh, Gilfie's negotiations aren't usually overly clear initially. Right. Where what what he's looking for in the negotiation, but I think he made it clear quicker than he usually would that this is actually something he's interested in. And then I think what happened then was West Ham took that information and brought that away to the, to um, their advisors and spoke to Nottingham Forest, spoke to Tottenham and, and the other advisors they have in the game. And that's when this really kicked off because I think before that it was really just Guilfi's interest. Then West Ham picked up. But now uh, West Ham's whole advisory team are aware and are helping helping make this happen. Or They're helping, getting behind. Yeah, getting behind it. And I think... So, although it was a player's start, I think you're going to see a very mutual interest in the end.
0: I think that's actually how we see it go a lot of the time, realistically. Um, Moving to the player now, Guilfui Sigurdsson. Uh, it's a player that actually doesn't and hasn't got involved in the marketplace as much as one might have expected in the past. And we were just talking before about how we might actually put this down to how much off the field work that that this player puts in, which goes slightly under the radar, but maybe that's a reason why we've seen him distancing himself from the market in yeah. recent years.
1: And what I know, we, we all know that Guilfi has many links with younger players, uh, but I don't think those negotiations are more than anything out of simple enjoyment. Um, and now, now that we're seeing him actually take that step into senior football uh I think it's it's becoming a lot more serious from from his point of view we know that he did have a little bit of uh, negotiations you could say with the likes of PSG and some yeah. other global clubs but realistically that hasn't gone too far I think now hes started to really hone in on, on his game and and uh, and target the areas he needs to target in order to make him more successful
0: One of the reasons why this transfer got, actually more media attention than one may have expected in the first instance, is because of this big leak that came out. The, uh, it was leaked to the market. And this was the use of a particular word that the player in this case, Guilfi Sigurdsson, used while in negotiations with West Ham. And that word in particular was pumpkin. Now, this was leaked to the media probably about two to three weeks ago, I'd say. And it got a lot of media attention, and I think that's what's brought a lot more media attention to this transfer.
1: Yeah, well, we know that we know that uh, Gilfie is a sometimes unintentional humorous man, and I think so. He 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 already had attention from that, you know, with his own nicknames that his uh, his agents call him and and all that sort of thing. And he's a very loved player in our game, and. So I think it was normal for him to see some controversy over this and yep. see some uh, kind of bullying from his agents about this transfer, but then when we started to see the use of vegetable names come into it, I, I really think that's when when the advisors of West Ham started to kick kick things off. And as you say, there's a lot, there is a lot of advisors in that in that group. West Ham is oh in. massively, massively, and they have a very big influence on the game and they certainly found this uh, this nickname is a very uh, humorous topic. And I think, you know, we do see, as we we're just speaking before this podcast, we do see in the game a lot of, uh, um, you know, nicknames that the players call the clubs or the clubs call the players. But this one was just really out there and really unexpected. It had no previous link to anything. So I think uh, that's why, yeah, as you say, it got so much media attention. But just run me through your thoughts, because I know that this is... You know, there's a 50-50, some like it, some, some are a bit uh, sceptical of this nickname. Run me through your thoughts.
0: Well, <laughs> look, I mean, when I heard this this leak initially, I did take the... Uh, I did see the funny side of it. You know, yeah. some people yeah. were like, you know, well, that's just quite weird. But I definitely saw the the humorous side to it. Um, I think it, uh, it does encapsulate the players' negotiation style a bit. He does, and especially in this instance, uh, it was kind of a method that he used to make uh, his intentions quite clear. Because if you're just wanting to get friendly with the club, I don't think you're going to be calling them, you know, uh, vegetable names, as you said before. So I think the use of pumpkin was actually a tactic from the player in this situation. Mm-hmm. And one that uh, came with media attention that I think... Help push the transfer forward, so I think yeah, it and really ultimately, did work out ultimately,
1: as you say, I think it did actually make the the uh, the whereabouts known to West Ham, nowhere so that they could see where Gilfy wanted this to go. Because if you're just gonna stick with you know some friendly banter and get a made all this kind of stuff, you're never gonna you know anyone calls you that. But the minute you call them pumpkin, that is the minute West Ham now know that this is this is getting serious, and and you know as we as we just mentioned this can be seen as a very odd tactic but you know sometimes as a player sometimes as a as a manager sometimes as a club you got to have some some bit out there tactics in order to see see success
0: yeah you have to and we were talking about this before as well every transfer that go through has its nuances and yeah. you know each each transfer is individual and i think this was something that is unique to First of all, Gilfie Sigurdsson and his negotiation style, but it has become unique to this transfer more generally as well. Moving forward in the timeline, we saw this is being uh, recorded on uh, Saturday. The previous Sunday, we saw the first one-on-one in-person meeting outside of the Cavendish Road Arena uh, between uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson and West Ham. Can you just run us through uh, what happened there, and how was the feeling from both the player and the club coming out of it?
1: Yeah, well, I think firstly it's good to mention that um, for a for a transfer that does have a lot of media attention, this this uh, one-on-one meeting kind of went under the radar a little bit. So I'm not sure whether that was agreement with the media that you know let's you know I'll tell you what happened, but just don't announce it too soon. Maybe it will come out later but from my insight as Gilfie's agent what I what I got the impression of was that it was a very good day and it was exactly how you would have expected it to go you know it was simply just go out for dinner but i think the the reason it was successful was one because it was to the spaghetti house which is Gilfie's by far, favorite food on this planet. Oh, and, by far. And I, I am concerned that maybe uh, it wouldn't have been the most pleasing to the eye seeing him eat his spaghetti at dinner. But clearly, West Ham stuck around, so maybe it was. And uh, I think secondly, it was just it was just the first time they've really kind of had that moment outside because we know Guilfi usually uh, inside the you know the the school arena that kind of. Um that kind of location is where he, he does the majority of his negotiations. But now that it's been taken outside to, you know, the more Brisbane city international stadiums, that kind of thing, we're, we're seeing this take a much more professional step. And, um, and then moving forward later in that night, I, I did hear that there was some small achievements made just before West Ham was, uh, was sent back home. There was, there was some small achievements, which, uh, you know all respect to both of them for, for taking it fairly, fairly quick but ultimately the vibe that I got was that it was as I said a very good night and both player and club were happy with how it went and I would not be surprised to see another negotiation um, made through one on one meetings
0: looking into the future and how this transfer might play out we were talking before about how we actually really like this move for Guilfi Sigurdsson and how West Ham could be the perfect... And as a club, has the perfect kind of club philosophy yeah. to nurture uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson as a player into the future. Because
1: we know he has a very big career ahead of him. We know he's a very, very good player. And maybe some of his uh, negotiations with the younger crowd have um, have stunted that. But I think now he's found a, found a club where... Where he really is going to be nurtured and it could be seen as like a mother sort of figure to to him and his career. And
0: I think this club is the kind of club that won't, you know, won't give Gilfie too much slack. We saw no. in the how the negotiations ended up with PSG. That will not be allowed to happen again in this transfer. It just simply will not be allowed. Like Gilfie will have, get so much negative media attention for that that his career may as well be over because of the links that West Ham has with their with their advisors and that. Um I don't think they will allow this this transfer to yes, go they, in that kind of more abusive direction. Yeah,
1: because they do West Ham's uh philosophy that, you know, they will take um, authority where where need be. And so I think that means that from Guilfi's perspective, he'll just be He'll end up just being a very nice genuine player to the club. and I don't, as you say, I don't think it can end on on bad terms simply for the fact that West Ham hold themselves to a very um, very very high standard which will be good for both for, for, the, for the
0: transfer and for Guilfi individually. And pretty much lastly, going back to the media attention aspect of this, everyone in the market you know kind of has their own opinions on this transfer. But in speaking to Gilfie, we've kind of understood that he is just, he's blocking that all out, which is, you know, players get me- media training, and that is one of the aspects of media training. But a lot of the time when push comes to shove, it's actually hard to uh, apply that. But he's really staying away from the public opinions, focusing on his career, and ensuring that this move is a successful one.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a very, very good point because. When there was this whole media attention about, um, you know, the use of vegetables as a nickname, I think that for many players would have turned them off the transfer simply because they were embarrassed or, you know, they they were a bit ashamed of that or, or you know, whatever was going through their mind. But in this case, I think Guilford really took that under his stride. And I know now I refer to him as Pumpkin when I see him. And I think, you know, that shows that he he really doesn't, care about the opinions of, of the media and I think that would be really good moving forward in his transfer with West Ham um, and I think I think West Ham have to acknowledge that as well because I think for West Ham that will show that no matter what happens it will truly be Gilfie's own opinion that takes it wherever it goes you know whether that means taking it further whether that means ending negotiations it will be a genuine genuine feeling from him. But I think as well, gilfie slipped under the, you know, the, uh, the path of kind of saying a few, uh, controversial things as, you know, maybe negotiations mm. aren't going as well as they were. But ultimately I think he said those things and he's just moved forward and just taken them back to where they are, where they were. So realistically he's playing his cards really well in this because no matter what he says at the end of the day, I think wherever he takes it is going to be his genuine genuine feeling and
0: where where he genuinely wants to take it and just to our last point now about how we can see these negotiations progressing in the next two or three weeks actually before we then go to an international break um do you think that we may see uh any home stadium visits or or each side's referees getting to meet uh you know, opponent. player and club. Well, I do know that
1: on the Sunday meeting that was, uh, Gilfie met West Ham's referees outside the home stadium of, um, of Gilfie. I don't think there was any uh, internal visit or tour in the in the stadium, but I think that is a genuine, uh, genuine possibility. And although we said that usually the school arena is where Gilfie thrives. I think this could be a different transfer in the sense that if they if the first meeting they had, there was interaction with the referees, that is you quite you know safe to say it's fairly unusual, in this game. So I think that is a that is a very clear sign that there will be some, home stadium away stadium visits, um, and yeah. So do you just want to touch on anything further on that note?
0: Well, not particularly in that sense. Just coming back to. The fact that I think gilfie did take a slightly different route in this in this transfer, I really don't think we saw quite as many uh, in person negotiations at the school arena. It was more safe for you know the the online uh, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, aspect to the transfer. Um, you know, obviously there was a, a few sightings of meetings at school, mm. but I think once all the media attention came to it. That almost got a bit too much, and whenever they would try and negotiate at school, yeah, it would be there would be yeah. you know fans would chant, they would be yeah. fan chants would come up, you know, "Palm Kin, Palm Kin," like stuff, things like that. And I just don't think that really helped, to be honest with no, you. No, that's so that's, that's why it continued more on in the online route. Yeah,
1: but do you do? You, can you see that maybe after, um, after the dotted line is signed, if it is. Will, do, will you expect to still see a lot of online, more online uh, meetings than in person or do you think that maybe once the line is signed there will be more in person
0: no to be honest with you I think it will balance out because I do think that Gilfie Sigurdsson has the the complete acceptance of West Ham's advisors and I think that really helps because we do know West Ham likes to stay close to their advisors at yeah. school um, so I think having a with the the player being and having a good relationship with you know not the likes of Nottingham Forest and Tottenham, that will help to bring them closer at the Cavendish Road Arena as well. Yeah,
1: that's a very good point. Well, on that note, I think that's a safe way to finish it. So, thank you again for listening to what's this now episode twelve of in football terms, and hopefully we can bring you more transfer orientated uh, content coming up. Thank, Thank you, you for you.